0: right so the SIF podcast we now have our website lead Sarah Kelly say hi
1: hello
0: so how was your SIF experience you would say
1: um it was really cool this was actually my first year at SIF I'd never been before um and I don't know I really liked it it was really interesting to be able to go see like different types of films than I normally see. I feel like I usually see a lot of like blockbusters or like traditionally released films. Um, it was also really cool, like having the press access because we got like screener links sent to us, which was so nice. Cause SIF was like during week eight of classes, which was crazy. So yeah, it was nice to like be able to watch things at home and not have to go to the theater every single time.
0: Yeah, totally um i think for me this is also my first year having a press pass so sort of having that exclusive access to just any film i wanted to was was really really satisfying and yeah like you said those screener links if like you're busy or something and you couldn't make a time just having those links were like invaluable to getting stuff done so
1: um
0: okay well with that I, I agree. I had a pretty good SIF experience. What would you say were your, like, two favorite films from SIF? Like, at least, just two.
1: Uh, I really liked, I saw this movie called 20,000 Species of Bees. And I actually saw this one at SIF Uptown. And then I also saw Theater Camp at SIF Uptown, which was also very good. So the two I saw in person were my favorites. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very cool. Wait, so what is 20,000 Species of, of Bees about?
1: It's like I think it's from it's from Mexico and it's about a young girl who is transgender and she's like I think she's like eight and she kind of like goes to the countryside with her mom and she's visiting like her grandma and all her aunts and no one really understands that she is transgender and that she wants to be a girl. They just kind of think oh she's just confused Um, you know she's eight what does she know but she's like very confident in her own femininity femininity and um one of her like aunts is a beekeeper and so she kind of spends the summer like helping her aunt with the bees and her her like one aunt is like the only one who like really gets it she's like this is like you need to call her lucia you need to she's not confused this is who she is and what i really liked about it is um lucia which is like the name she chooses in the during the course of the film Um, she has a lot of like cousins her same age and they are like so quick. They're like, okay, yeah, you want to be Lucia? That's fine. Whatever. Let's go play. And (laughs) I really thought it highlighted the idea that like hatred and like bigotry is like a taught ideals because it was the kids were like, whatever, let's go play in the water. Let's go play with the bees and not the adults are the ones like arguing, fighting about it.
0: That's, that's really cool. I'll, I'll just check that out. I think I got that, that link as well. So I'm gonna add that to my SIP list. So yeah,
1: it was it was really good. And it was really cool. I saw it like the last night of SIP, like in person.
0: Oh, and, like the theater
1: so cool. was packed, and I was like, oh, this is cool.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> wow, okay. That's I, I like that story. I also like what you said, just like, yeah, the kids caught on to it really quick because kids kind of like know themselves better than anyone else. Yeah. Oh. So, um, but theater camp, I actually remember. I saw a trailer for it, and it looked really funny. What 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 was it about? I think I have a loose yeah. idea.
1: It's a mockumentary about um, this like summer acting camp, and so like they have this founder, and her name is Joan, and she's been running this camp for like so long, and like right at the beginning of the movie, she falls into a coma, and so now her son, who's like a crypto finance pro, has to <laughs> run has to run this like acting camp for kids. And it was. <laughs> but what's funny too, I think it's get it's getting like a wide release by like, I don't know if it's like Disney or like Searchlight or something, but it's getting mm-hmm. like a theatrical release. And so when I was in there, they were like, "Yeah, like no one take your phone out. Like there are guys in suits in the lobby. Like this is serious. Oh shit. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, and I was like, I'm so scared right now. Please don't sue me. I just want to see the theater camp movie. <laughs> but yeah, no,
0: it's got some big actors in it too. I know that.
1: Ben Platt was there, right? Um, okay. Playing an age-appropriate role for once, so very <laughs> exciting to see that. No, no,
0: no college kids, no high school students. No, he was okay. he
1: was a whole adult.
0: Mm, wow, that's very right. shocking.
1: And okay, yeah, yeah, there was some. It was a good movie. It was funny. Um, I don't know. I really liked it, and also, like, I am unapologetically a theater kid.
0: Oh yeah, um, me too.
1: Yeah. So it was like, if you were ever involved in theater, especially like theater when you're younger, it was so funny because I'm like, yeah, I knew kids just like that who were like, I'm going to be on Broadway. (laughs) And then also like all the mishaps that happen, like trying to put the play together. I was like, yep.
0: Was it like the type of humor that you look back on and it's like, it's comedic or is it like cringe? It's just like, oh, oh gosh.
1: You know, I heard, I saw someone who described it as kind of like a TikTok movie, because there is, like, it's definitely very, like, timely, like, oh, the way okay. the characters okay. act. Like, do okay. I think this movie will age well? Probably not. Okay. But it's fun.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just a piece of its time.
1: Yeah, like, it's definitely very in the moment. Like, I don't know how to describe it. There was, like, this one line where, like,
0: I mean, you, you kind of sold it with the crypto bro. That's like very much like yes. a now a now thing.
1: <laughs> yes, he is like a full on crypto bro. He has like this like live stream. Um oh god! Also, was cool though. It does have like original music. Oh, written by oh, Ben Platt. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like one of the so like it's a theater camp so they're doing like four different shows or something with all these kids and one of the shows is like an original musical written by the characters okay so there's like original music and it's like not i think it's it's meant to be like bad it's meant to be funny
0: oh oh, okay okay
1: yeah it's not like i don't think we'll be seeing this on actual broadway but it was funny i had a good time it's 90, 90 minutes. Yeah.
0: Love 90 minute movies. I do I love a tight 90 minute film. Yes. You love those. Um, let's
1: take a time. I think it's time.
0: Cool. Um I I had another question, but like as far as like your reviews for this movie, because I know you did your capsule review. Can you just find mm-hmm. it on the website as well for Theater Camp? I saw twenty thousand species of bees. Yeah,
1: I did theater camp on the website as well.
0: Okay, cool. Then yeah. Uh, I think that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. I really appreciate okay. it. Have a time. Nice day. Bye. All right. Hello. We are here now with our social media lead, Natalia Valvano. Say hi.
2: Hello.
0: And I just wanted to ask you a couple of quick questions on Sif, starting with how was your overall experience with Sif this year?
2: Um, I had a good introductory experience to Sif. This was my first year doing Sif. Um, and I unfortunately didn't get to attend any films in person because of school, other conflicts, but I did get to see some really good screenings and I really enjoyed them.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I guess... If you could just choose two films at the very least um, that were your favorites, Um, what were they?
2: Um, My favorite was definitely Max Roach, the drum also waltzes. Um, It was a documentary on the drummer virtuoso Max Roach, um, who's also like a composer, activist, teacher, um, kind of like a leading force in American music. and I really like that film, I had a lot of really good interviews with other musicians, such as like Quincy Jones and Sonny Rollins and like Fab Five Freddy like they had all sorts of really cool people that were talking about the. Um, like the influence of uh, Max Roach on both their music and music in general um, and yeah that was a really good film um another favorite um, was probably Satan wants you um it was about the satanic panic. Um, and kind of gave like a backdrop on how it started. Um, and I had like no idea how it started. So it was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was pretty relegated to screeners as well. You know, stuff gets busy. But I mean, with the light rail and stuff, it makes it kind of, it makes it somewhat easy, you know. Um, but the Satan wants you thing. I remember I, I saw that pop up. And I saw, you, I saw you took it. But I was actually really interested in it as well. Um, uh but like what what more was it about like can you like describe some of the background i guess
2: yeah it like started um like describing how the panic started it started from um a book that was written by a woman and her psychiatrist um describing her experience being like abused by a satanic cult um and it kind of talked about um like how this grew into like a nationwide fear conspiracy theory um so was like an interesting film describing a point in history like because this happened in like the 80s and 90s um it also like started talking about how it connects like conspiracy theories today um so i i recommend the film as like a historical i don't know like it um i don't i don't know how to say that like
0: i mean is it sort of like a documentary
2: It's like a documentary it's very like like dramatic um i guess not dramatic um it's like definitely made for like a modern audience Mm. when you see like like netflix type documentaries it's more similar to that um
0: okay that makes more sense
2: yeah yeah like the um like some of the other documentaries i watched were not structured like that but the this documentary definitely was made for like modern audience pretty fast-paced I don't know how I don't really know how to describe how it was like, clearly made for like an audience, like for someone that's like watching a Netflix documentary. But I think if you watched it, like you would like understand, like, you know,
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, But I also wanted to, well, okay, first of all, that 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 is interesting. I will definitely see it because I was initially going to watch it. But uh, I remember you actually had some issues with the Max Roach documentary. Isn't that correct?
2: Oh, no, it wasn't the Max Roach documentary. It was the Midnight Cowboy documentary.
0: Oh, that's right. Because well, I know you saw Midnight Cowboy as well. Uh, yeah. Like prior, I, but.
2: Yeah, I saw, I've seen, I didn't see Midnight Cowboy with Sif, but I saw it before. Um, and I really, really liked it. You know, it's like one of the, like a really important queer film, really important, like influential film. Um, And the documentary included a lot of really interesting historical tidbits and that kind of thing um it kind of like contextualized the like midnight cowboy in like the setting of 1969 in new york during like the vietnam war during like turbulent times and that kind of thing but it was like really convoluted not really well put together it was pretty confusing in terms of like order didn't really like describe who was talking or being interviewed um so i was pretty disappointed in that aspect because like it like probably could have been organized a lot better and yeah just like the material was organized really badly
0: okay okay i mean i i remember my apologies for getting the max roach documentary incorrect i knew there was a specific documentary that um you had some some uh, issues with which is understandable and um but that, that's unfortunate it was the midnight cowboy one
2: Uh, yeah i was disappointed because i really liked that movie and mm -hmm. i was like oh man
0: (laughs) (laughs) um all right uh is there actually any other movies you want to talk about any other things with sif that you enjoyed Uh, otherwise i think i think you're all good
2: that's everything
0: (laughs) all right well thank you so much natalia i really appreciate it
2: no problem bye
0: All right. Today, I'm actually here with PJ Napke, our club president. Say Hello. hi, PJ. I'm here. And I just want to ask you the same questions I've been asking all the other people. Um, at the very least, what were your two favorite films from SIFF?
3: Okay, well, I'll start with my favorite one, um, which was Felix van Groningen's the, uh, the Eight Mountains. It's an Italian film. Uh, you might have heard of Felix van Groningen. Um, sort of hit the art house scene with the broken circle breakdown a while back. And then um, I think it was 2018 he made uh, his Hollywood debut with The uh, Beautiful Boy, the sort of drug family drama with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. But uh, this one um, is about sort of a, almost like a urban rural divide in Italy. Um, it's centered on two boys. Um, who grow into men over the course of the film one from the big city in Turin one from the small mountain town in the Alps and basically it's just it captures sort of almost their whole lives um, and sort of their unique evolving relationship both um, with each other and sort of there's huge gaps in that relationships and there's moments of intense intimacy not like a it's not a romantic relationship, but you know what I mean. Um, and then sort of both of their relationships with um, uh, Pietro, who's the one from Turin's father, who sort of um, they, you know, Pietro sort of has a fa- falling out with, and then sort of Bruno, who's the one from the mountains, like ends up sort of acting as his surrogate son, and then sort of the film goes beyond that after like And then we see how Pietro thinks back on that relationship. Um, And um, it's just like a really sort of immense film. Like, um, obviously, the mountains sort of brings the idea of sort of like a massive visual experience. And it is because it takes like they film it on location in the mountains. Um, You know, they even go to... Nepal at some points in the films and you see sort of the scale of the Himalayas. Um, But it's also sort of like massive in like it's emotional scale and like how moving it is, like sort of the relationships it explores from Pietro's point of view with all of these characters from Bruno, from the loves in his life, from his mother, his father. Um, It's really something that I think everyone can like sort of, not necessarily relate to, but it will make you think about your own familiar relationships and your own friendships um, in really interesting ways. Um, and especially like ones that have now passed. Uh, so um, yeah, that was definitely my favorite film on the fest. Um, I would say another one that I would like to highlight. I don't know if I would say it was my second favorite, but I think it was one of the most interesting ones mm-hmm. um, was Chile 76 from uh First-time director, Manuela Martelli, who's sort of like a prominent actress in Chile, but um, she's taken to the camera for the first time in this one. Um, And basically, it's like a really... I mean, if you can think about what's happening in the year in 1976 in Chile, you can Mm -hmm. sort of get an idea of maybe what it's about, you know. Like, this is the height of the dictatorship under Pinochet. um, But it's not that's never really centered in the story. It's sort of like the sort of quiet, like it's it's central to the story, but not in the sense of like, uh, we see Pinochet rambling on the TV and yeah, like right. you see the soldiers like marching through the streets and, you know, we hear stories of people being disappeared. And it's like, there's this quiet violent violence that lives underneath the film. Um, and so what that creates is sort of like a sense of paranoia, which is really heightened by it. It has a really, really interesting electronic score that like, I don't think I've heard in any other film, a score being like this one. Um, and it's just sort of heightens the sense because you never see like, there's always a sense of being watched, but you never see that. and But you know that it's happening. Um, Um, And it's really just sort of this subdued pastel infused like story of like political paranoia and sort of the central character is this housewife who gets wrapped up in like this very small and you might say insignificant, but like means so much more story of uh, like political intrigue. uh, and I wouldn't like, I would compare it to a film from a couple of years ago called Azor um, from Argentina, which, you know, also set during Argentina's dictatorship. Um, I would say this film isn't as strong as that one, but I think it's similar in its sort of austerity and the way that it's like paranoia and emotional strength, like punches through in these really quiet moments. Um it doesn't end as strongly and I think people will complain that it's just sort of like you know it doesn't pack a punch in the ending but I think it's a it's a really strong film so those would be the two ones that I would highlight for sure. Very cool um,
0: I think Stiff was pretty strong this year overall it had some pretty good contenders Yeah I would agree um, I know you saw obviously more than just those two but like mm-hmm. you wanted to highlight those two were there any others or I can like sort of move into the general experience that you actually had with Siv.
3: um yeah i mean i would like i don't have to talk as much about it but i think another film that i saw that was really good was the blue caftan mm. it's a moroccan film um sort of this very quiet queer film about i don't know kind of just about finding love and loss and such um that I thought was really good um I would say a lot of the films that I watched um I think what siF is strong in is bringing in very like they don't always we don't they don't really get the biggest films but they get very unique stories that you wouldn't normally like they put you outside of your normal boundaries for what you are watching in the world of film and so that's definitely something I appreciate a lot about siF Um, I wouldn't say that I've seen a lot of Moroccan films, for example, you know? So,
0: yeah, um, I I can't remember the exact numbers. I know that when I went to the premiere, like opening night, mm -hmm. um, they highlighted just, um, how how diverse like this year in particular was for the films that they chose, mm-hmm. like in terms of like female directors, non-binary directors, but also first-time directors. Yeah, and like how many countries overall they actually get their films from. Yeah, which I, I totally respect. I think a yeah. lot of films kind of stay like in the Western Hemisphere and don't like, and, and this is including the Global South, like in South America and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But um, like you said, like the Blue Captain was a Moroccan film. I think they just they gather so many different films. I don't know how they have the time to get as many films as they do or recruit as many. Um, But I think this year was probably a standout for just um, sort of showcasing like the global culture of film and how it translates into every single country and like each country has their own style, which Mm -hmm. is which is beautiful to see. So I think this year my experience was really good, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of this, if staff and volunteers were amazing they always know how to put on like a really good festival each time um I know sure. was last year your first in-person festival or did you do like the virtual one in 2021 at all
3: I did the virtual one um before that but mm-hmm. yeah last year was the first time I got to go in person mm-hmm. um which was great of course um that yeah the volunteers definitely do a great job and I think um I think the audiences that who go to SIF specifically the festival not just the theaters Mm -hmm. um they're very like they're really good in that like as we were talking about like what SIF is is just sort of like this conglomeration of like the global world in film in a year which is really unique I feel like um and so I think the fact that the audiences who go are like seeking that sort of thing out like really highlights like And obviously the experience of watching a film with them is like, you know, they they react to the right moments and like everyone's quiet and respectful and everyone's like very interested to see what's going on. And so, yeah, I think SIF has cultivated a very good audience for its films. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think despite SIF's size, like relative to like the bigger festivals, like you're talking about Telluride and then you Mm -hmm. went to Toronto Mm -hmm. and then even obviously like like something like Sundance, yeah. These are like the biggest festivals you, you hear about. Um, yeah. But I think that um, it's kind of crazy just how it, this this festival stands out and when they try to be unique. But I think the best part, like you said, the audience is so respectful. Mm-hmm. Everyone there is like all there to truly engage with the film, not talk, not to serve yeah. anyone else. And I think the fact that SIP has cultivated this culture specifically is is why i keep coming back yeah so would you say your experience this year compared to last year was just better the same or like how was it
3: um i think i mean i would say it was pretty similar i mean i think it was different in that this year i guess last year i was also pressed but this year i watched some of the films on press screeners so mm-hmm. it was a little different in that way yeah and that i watched some of them at home um But, I mean, as far as my experience with the audience, um, that's something that carried over from year to year. Um, um, I think SIF is, like, you know, as you said, it's not, like, the biggest festival. But, Mm -hmm. like, um, they know their audience and they've cultivated their audience. But they, like, continue to challenge the audience with, like, you know, the types of films they bring. And so I think that's a great thing about it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, PJ, for coming on. I do appreciate it. Um, it's it's hard getting so many people together, but this is I think this is a really good talk. Um, and for anyone who's listening, if you want to see a lot of PJ's actual reviews, we have our capsule reviews on our Film Club website for all of our SIP reviews, all the films that we saw as a club. Uh, please make sure to check, check those out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, PJ. And... Have a good rest of your day. Awesome. Great talking to you. Bye. All right. Hello again. I am back here with the Film Club's new podcast lead, Harrison Hall. Say hi.
4: Hello, everybody.
0: And I'm going to ask you the same questions I've been asking everyone else. Uh, What were your two, at least two, favorite films from SIFT?
4: Right, okay, so this is kind of cheating <laughs> because they just so happened to play like two of my favorite movies anyway. So the first one that I saw was uh Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa. I I really took advantage of all the great new uh you know indie offerings by checking this little guy out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm yeah okay this one speaks for itself mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of knows it but you know it's a samurai movie about a peasant village under attack by bandits and they enlist the help of seven samurai to save the day that's the movie uh there you go
0: Toshiro Mifune yeah Be yeah go. Toshiro Mifune
4: He's awesome. Uh, So it was a totally different experience for me watching this in the theater compared to watching it on my laptop at the beginning of the year. Because it was the first movie I watched this year. Um, Because I think, you know, the like four hour runtime, black and white, Japanese samurai movie, it's kind of easy to walk into it thinking like, oh, this is like art. This is like the art house or you know pretentious
0: yeah yeah but
4: like when you're watching it with a packed theater of people you realize it's just a silly movie (laughs) And and it's and it's so much fun yeah it it's like it's like the proto blockbuster like all the tropes like the blueprint is there um
0: I I think it 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 was considered art house, but like only like in Western audiences. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We're like,
4: like, oh, it's Japanese.
0: (laughs) Interesting. While you're right, it was like literally like one of the biggest. Yeah,
4: (laughs) it was the most expensive movie ever in Japan at the time, and we're like, whoa. But Look yeah. at this art house movie—it's
0: it's just, just like Top Gun, but Japanese. Yeah.
4: No, that was an interesting year in Japan. They had like the three most expensive movies they ever made, like all back to back to oh, back. Really? Seven Samurai, Godzilla, and I think it's, it's another Toshiro Mifune one. Okay, I don't right. know, but high and low, maybe. No, it was it was another Samurai one.
0: Okay,
4: okay, but I don't know. Big year for Japan. True. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. It's also just one of the most intelligently written war films ever. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen a war film with more tangible, like real life stakes because they quantify like how many people are alive on every side throughout the entire movie, and they keep, tra- they keep count. They got the shots where he's like ticking off his checklist. It's pretty sick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did the, the old movies for this, for this year. I didn't see that last year, so it was kind of cool yeah. to see this.
4: Oh, and I feel like I should mention that the reason they played it was to remember a uh, longtime SIF programmer, Ruth Haler. Rest in peace, mm. I guess. She's very important to the community uh, before I got here. So it's kind of sad, but... it's it's great to commemorate her with such a banger like that one yeah i think i'll go to my second movie now which again just one of my favorite movies period the incredible shrinking man by jack arnold 1957 uh so the incredible shrinking man is about a man he's on vacation And he gets hit with a nuclear bomb. (laughs) (laughs) He he doesn't seem to care at first, honestly. It's like there's a shot of the nuclear bomb in the horizon. He's like, oh. (laughs) His wife's in the back of his yacht getting him the real quick. So she's protected from the bomb, but he's fully
0: exposed. A little radiation fall. Yeah.
4: And then from there, he's like, oh, my clothes are feeling kind of big recently. Then he goes to the doctor, and it's like, I don't know how to tell you, bud, but you're turning small. And he's like, what? What? And it's, you know, the movie sounds ridiculous, but it's just, it's like the pinnacle of like that 50s Twilight Zone, like sci-fi of like... Here's the most insane thing we can come up with, but it's actually like a very touching metaphor for like cancer. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The movie is basically just this epic version of a man's battle against cancer as he slowly diminishes in size, but you know, the movie is just like this gradient through genres Versus, like, you know, this domestic drama of, like, I'm dying, I'm dying. It's pretty serious. And then it's just, like, the dude's, like, two feet tall. This is hilarious. The set design and the special effects are incredible in this movie, by the way. I think it holds up, honestly.
0: I think seeing, because I I haven't seen the full film, I've seen clips. I think seeing clips from it gave me the same feeling that I got when I watched The Invisible Man for the first time. Which was like it actually has
4: the same uh, special effects advisors. Makes sense. Because like the, the special game.
0: effects in that one also really hold up. And I don't know how they did it yeah. still to this day.
4: Yeah. Well, they just use every trick in the book in this one. They got the force perspective. Yeah. You know, the costume designs, they always look a little big on him. Um, you know, they build sets where it's like the chairs are just massive, so he mm-hmm. looks small when he walk when he walks through it. Um and that yeah and then it turns into this just like adventure movie when he gets trapped in his basement but he's like an inch tall mm-hmm. so he lives in a matchbox and he fights spiders he has to like climb a bookshelf like it's everest so he can eat like a single cake crumb <laughs> and survive and um it just ends And this is the thing, is that, like, if you watch this movie for the first time going blind, you'll never see it coming. But it randomly just has, like, the deepest fucking ending I've ever seen in my life. Where he's, like, at the amoebic scale now. (laughs) And he just, there's just this great monologue where he's just pondering the meaning of the universe. And he discovers... That there is no difference between the infinitesimal and the infinite, as it says. And that no matter how small you get, you still exist. And you're part of God's kingdom or whatever. I don't know. Actually, I didn't want to say this to PJ last week when we showed the Tree of Life. But the ending of Tree of Life made me think of the Incredible Shrinking Man.
0: I'm glad you didn't I'm glad you didn't tell him that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it, it hit me in a similar way. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I think I think when you can get hit with a wave of existentialism out of nowhere from a film, but it actually deeply affects you even in a movie that's like as funny as quote unquote yeah. funny as the incredible tricky man, it's good. That's 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 complimentary because I, I think that those are some of the best movies. Like yeah. you said, one of your faves. So
4: yeah. And then, okay, I will say one of the, like, 2020 movies. These were all, like, 70 years old, so.
0: (laughs) Like, all 50s. Yeah,
4: whoops. Uh, Yeah, so, I'll talk about Demigod, The Legend Begins.
0: Oh, is that the puppet film? Yeah,
4: directed by Huang Wenchang. And it's a Taiwanese puppet wuxia movie. And, uh, the plot of it, it's like it it, all, it doesn't matter okay. what the plot okay. is it's just like the you know most epic puppet sword master you've ever seen i'm sure you've seen many uh, <laughs> and he's just on a quest for revenge to avenge his master and get a book of celestial power or whatever that lets you shoot hadokens or whatever <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, this one was pretty fun. Um, it's again, it's like a puppet movie, not in it's kind of dark crystal y, okay, okay, but the puppets are like marionettes, not like you not know, like, Jim like, Henson,
0: yeah, not Jim Henson. Sorry, so
4: they their faces are completely static the whole time mm-hmm. and you know, they don't move, and uh, it's really interesting. It um, it kind of The company, Peely International, that makes it, they make all kinds of movies like this and TV shows that are like a tribute or like a continuation of the Taiwanese, uh, I think it's Budaichi, like street puppetry,
3: where they just have
4: one guy and he just does like a whole epic story. And it's kind of just like the cinematic version of that to epic proportions there's only one voice actor in the whole movie and he voices every character. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Sometimes it works. Sometimes he's like uh, it's strange, but <laughs> but you know. I, I I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, it looks awesome. Kind of reminded me of like Mad God last year. Oh. I it, see it. Yeah. I see that. And just that like it's so in its own world. Like, I don't know. I, I I mean, I was kind of zoning out for half of it. Because, again, the story just does not matter. Right. But it looks incredible. And there's, like, a kaiju fight that looked awesome.
0: So I, I mean, I think I was I was looking at that as a potential SIF. But yeah. then you took it and I'm like, you can go ahead. You yeah. can have this one.
4: Yeah, I, I will say, I wish I could have seen this one in the theater. I had to watch my screener link, uh, which was yeah. buried under, like, 12 watermarks oh (laughs) so that also may have played a part but i don't know good movie is unique uh
0: okay well i guess following up with that since this was your first sif um like how was your overall experience or would you want to come back to
2: it
4: yeah so it was a rough start for me because i showed up to past lives like this is going to be sick i'm so excited for past lives And then I got to the front of the line and they kicked me out for being under 21. No way. I didn't know this. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I I thought like I could just walk past the champagne line and and get through. But they're like, no, man, you need the champagne to enter the building. What? Yeah. So whatever. I missed out on one of the best movies of the year. But uh yeah, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. But no, after that, smooth sailing, Uh I didn't get kicked out of anything else. So that's good enough. You know, I always appreciate a free movie, free trip to the movie theater. Yeah. Can't ever knock that. Um I guess the timing of it wasn't the greatest with it being at like the tail end of our school's quarter
0: is busy. It was really Yeah, busy you course.
4: know, I got like lab reports and stuff I got to do. And I really just want to be there every day, but I couldn't quite do that.
0: Yeah. But hopefully next year will yeah. be a little more a little easier to get in. I think overall my experience was pretty good. Obviously, Screener Links are like a godsend. Yeah, yeah, so um but it's it's sometimes hard to go downtown all the time, yeah. but I will say that I think Sif just had an amazing collection of films this year, it was insane, right?
4: I really wish I could have seen, you know, because there were some great stuff that I just didn't have the time to view, yeah. And I do feel guilty, I saw like five things, two of them I'd seen already, but seeing them in the theater is kind of epic in its own right, so yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Anything else you want to talk about, or
4: um no I think I'm good
0: all right well thank you so much Harrison again we're very excited to have you next year as the new podcast lead I'm
4: looking forward it's gonna be great
0: it's gonna be really really good I'm so excited um but with that thank you so much and have a great rest of your day you can find Harrison's capsule reviews also on our film club website along with everyone of uh, uh, every other officer's capsule reviews but thank you bye